Welcome to Ballet Initiative, episode number one. Joining us from Vail today is principal dancer with the Pacific Northwest Ballet, Maria Chapman. Hello. Did you get to sleep in a little bit today? I sure did. We had a great opening night gala last night and a little party afterwards, and so I slept in a little this morning. Describe a little bit the scene in Vail. Well, in Vail, Damien Wetzel puts together a really great program of, I think it's a couple of weeks, of different types of performances. There's all different kinds of dancers that come here, and so it's really great to see other dancers ourselves, and then it's really great for all the people in Vail and the people that come from all over Colorado to come see all the performances and get to see all these world-class dancers right here, like in this gorgeous amphitheater in the mountains outside with the beautiful flowers. I mean, it's amazing. It's really cool. Are there people that you go, oh, there's such and such? Well, yesterday was really fun. Um, our Mostly our entire company is here um, from PMB, and so we have a company class. But yesterday was the gala performance that kicks off the whole festival. And so we were a part of it. We did serenade, but there were also a lot of other people that were part of the gala last night. And so yesterday when we had our company class, all of those people were in our company class. So we really got some time to see them and talk to them. Um, People like Tyler Peck and Lauren Lovett, Maria Kochakova, um, and some people that aren't ballet dancers like Lil Buck, who does this amazing break dancing. And um, he wasn't in our ballet class but he was around all day, and um, so we got to see him a lot, too. And so we were all talking about how great it is to see each other because we all feel separated in our own little worlds, you know, like the City Ballet people feel like they just see City Ballet people all the time, you know, and we just see P&B people all the time. So it was really great to mix and get to see each other and talk to each other and watch each other dance, and we got to watch... um, some of them rehearse also, which was fun to see. It was fun to see Damien and Heather Watts uh, rehearsing with Tyler Peck and encouraging her to, you know, really bring out extra sparkle and stuff. It was really fun. By the way, I think Tyler Peck is just the real deal. She's such a sweet person, a nice girl. She's got that California girl sort of laid back, yeah. modest, but she's a total beast inside of there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It, it's yeah. almost ridiculous. She was here in St. Louis, I guess, in the springtime. And you just go to her. And you know what I mean when I say that. Your eye can just go right to her. She's got that quality. And, and frankly, she's making it look a little too easy to, to <laughs> be, you know, flirty and sweet in something that shouldn't, you know, it should look harder than this. Yeah, she's, she's great. It was really fun to spend time with her. And I think she's... Um, the artist in residence here for the Vail Festival. So she's going to be doing a lot, and um, she'll be around all week, I think. So I'll see her a lot. And it's a big year for her, recently engaged. Yeah. A lucky boy and lucky <laughs> girl, I imagine. But, Absolutely. Uh, and you mentioned Lauren Lovett, who I had a chance to watch here as well when uh, New York City Ballet Moves came through. And she's really on the rise. I think she's she's got it. Yeah, I, I think she's got it. She's going to be around a long time, I think. What do you think about her? Have you been able to watch her work? 
Yeah, and I actually did a guesting last year with her as well, so I got to know her a little bit then. And she's so sweet, and she's got such a cute personality on stage and really engaging, really fun to know. So when you go to a place like this, and maybe it's changed for you since you're, you know, a principal and you've you've had a, a great career. Uh, is there a sense of competition? Uh, I don't feel that, actually. I think it's more camaraderie. And I think that, if anything, we bring out the best in each other because it's so fun and we're all just having fun. And so you see someone having fun and you're like, I'm going to go out there and have fun, too. What's the hype about Little Buck? I mean, is he going to break an ankle or what? I saw a video this week posted <laughs> of him rehearsing, and I was like, what? What is that? Totally, yeah. I mean, that's what we were saying. If we did that, we would totally break our ankles. <laughs> I don't know how he doesn't, but he has some amazing moves that I just can't quite comprehend. That's It's really cool that he gets to participate in something like this as well. And, and you guys get to see a, a diversity. And, and, of course, when I say competition, I don't mean like competition dance studio no, type yeah. of thing. But but when you go back home, there's probably a sense of some competition, right? Um, well, it's nice to be able to bring, like, you know, since we don't get to see each other that much, you know, we're all working on our own things and we all have our own personalities and so then when you see other people and see what they've been working on and their personalities, you might say, oh, you know, I hadn't thought about doing it like that. So maybe I want to try something like that. Like that was kind of cool. Maybe it works for me. Maybe it doesn't. So it does definitely allow you to maybe add things um, to your repertoire, the way you do things, you change it up a little bit. A um, little inspiration is always good. Inspiration. Okay, so you used to be this 18-year-old girl <laughs> that arrived in Seattle and were fighting for your opportunity, and you got it. And there were principal dancers in that time, I'm sure, were looking at you like, oh, great. You mean to tell me now you don't look back at the 18-year-olds and go, oh, nice, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're inspiring, too, because, you know, I mean, I've been... This is my 19th year in the company, and anytime you're at a place for that long, you could kind of get complacent, you know, and so it's good to have 18-year-olds coming in with eager attitudes and, like, fresh energy uh, to remind you, like, that's where I started, you know, and not to be complacent and just to keep that fresh kind of energy coming out. It was good to have them around. Is it hard in a large company to know everyone? Is it you know, is it something that you work to do to get to know someone or is it, I am in my own thing. I've got this piece to work on. My schedule's crazy. You look familiar, but maybe I don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's hard, um, to get to know the dancers when they first join the company. Uh, cause I don't spend a lot of time in rehearsal with the younger dancers. So it's just not a lot of time each day with them, and so, you know, of course I know their names, but um, as far as really knowing them as a person, it really takes sometimes even a couple of years, especially with the boys, because sometimes, you know, I might be in more rehearsals with the younger girls, um, but not necessarily the younger boys. So, yeah, it's it's hard to get to know people, but, you know, PNB is a great company, and everyone's really friendly, and so in the end, it's, it's, 
we get to know each other, and it's great. So basically, they're just joining your team and hopefully making the team stronger for you? Yeah. Well, and you know, tours like this are really great to get to know each other because you're on buses a lot, traveling. It's about three hours from the Denver airport to Vail. So we are all on a bus together for three hours, and you get to know each other. Now, how many people are in PMB now? How many do you carry? Is it 80? Um, Is it 100? You know, I can't remember the exact number because it fluctuates every year, mm-hmm. but I would say 45-ish. Yeah, so that's a good amount of dancers for yeah. sure. Yeah, I asked that question because I, I spoke to another uh, principal dancer with, okay, New York City Ballet. Which is much larger. It is. But the answer I found to be a little not, I thought it was funny. I know I laughed out loud for sure because I I asked a similar question to this person and I'll keep her nameless until she (laughs) comes on the show. Um, But, you know, she said basically, you know, she doesn't even try. I guess the the turnover there maybe is more, uh, you know, but she doesn't even try to memorize everyone's name. And, you know, she's relatively famous, I guess, dancer but i just thought that was funny and and then i thought well if you have a hundred dancers and you're doing your own thing and your schedule's so tight that maybe that's just the way it is you know yeah yeah it's hard i have when dancers join the company i have to remind myself constantly what their names are because i don't see them very often do you ever have those out of my way get out of my way moments (laughs) travel pete's sake no, I mean, of course, there could be times where somebody's, you know, in your wing and they don't know that you need to use it. Uh, you have to tell them, but it's fine. Everybody knows that they could possibly be in someone's way, and it's okay. <laughs> and of course, they feel bad, and they apologize. Right. Of course. Of course they do. How has the company changed since you were there? Of course, there's a, been a, a change in directors in recent years, and you yeah. were there through... Kent and Francia's uh, time, and now with Peter Bowl, how has it changed? I, I know you've become a principal since that change, but in terms of say workflow and ballets, what do you see looking back? Was a, a difference? Is there one? Um, we definitely do different works. Uh, we do a lot more Twilight Tharp. We've brought in uh, different choreographers um, and different pieces since Peter's joined the company. But again, Francie, we're always doing that too, um, trying out new things. And so it's hard to say if it would have been that different. Um, I don't know if they would have made the same choices, but we would definitely always have new and different things to do. Um, the Balanchine Ballets have changed, and we also brought in Robins, uh, which we didn't do before. Was that because it was a relationship between the directors and, say, the Robbins Foundation, which didn't allow things, or was it a taste? I'm not really sure. I know that Peter has really fond memories of doing Robbins pieces, so um, I'm sure he wanted to continue that sort of legacy of his here at PMB. So is it sort of an open door for the previous directors to come back and work with dancers? Is that the kind of relationship, or is it no... Well, we do a lot of Kent Stoll's ballet still. So, of course, he comes and works on those with us. And then Francia will coach those as well as a lot of the Balanchine ballets because she's a stager for the Balanchine Trust. So she works with us in a lot of Balanchine ballets, including Serenade, which we did last night. And um, tomorrow night we're going to do Barocco 
and Agon, which she also staged. And we'll also do Apollo, which Peter brought in and Peter stages. I love Barocco. Oh, me too. And Serenade, of course. And yeah. Really just anything by Balanchine. <laughs> You you sustained an injury a while back, and getting back to not the competition aspect of this, but having such a long career and then having this terrible injury, and you can explain the injury a, a little bit, but mentally, when something like this happens, and it wasn't just like I broke a toe or right. I sprained my ankle, you had a pretty major, well, not even pretty, it was a major and possibly a career-ending injury. That's right. How did you um, work yourself back? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to take you back through bad days, but you've <laughs> overcome this, and you're you're fine, which is great. But getting back to mentally, oh, great, you know, great. Do yeah. you remember how you felt when that happened, aside from the pain, but mentally? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I came down... Um, into a, I was trying to come down into a coupe position, so I was coming down on one foot, but my angle was just slightly off, and so when my point shoe hit the ground, it was, I was not going to be able to line up my foot at that angle, and it was all, gravity was happening too fast for me to change it, and so I basically tore all the ligaments that held my arch together, um, and so it was kind of like, my foot was basically disconnected at my arch. And um, so I had to have two surgeries, one to put metal hardware in there to hold my foot together so it would heal straight, and then one to take all that stuff out so I could actually bear weight on it again and um, try to dance. But they weren't sure that it was going to work out for me to dance again. Um, But mentally, um, I was really having a blast before I hurt myself. It was actually the day of dress rehearsal before uh, rep where I had lots of really great parts and I was super excited about it and I had a whole year of great parts ahead of me and I was really motivated and happy dancing and so I think that that helped because I carried that into the injury um, of like, oh gosh, you know, I was so motivated. I got to get back, you know, because I, I am at this point where I just really am eager and I just want to do all these things. So I think that helped me get back, although that also made the lying in bed waiting for the pain to go away miserable um, because I just couldn't believe that I was going to have to lie in that bed for so long. <laughs> um, but it definitely helped with the motivation getting back um, because I just wanted to get back as soon as possible and get back on that track. But then it was difficult getting back because since it was an injury in the middle of my foot, a lot of things were difficult. It was difficult to do demi point for a long time. Um, and I had a really hard time with confidence afterwards because I just wasn't sure if that was going to happen again, and it was sort of a fluke that it happened to begin with. So even though I was at a slightly bad angle, it wasn't a hugely bad angle. It was actually on video because they were videotaping me specifically for a dancer profile, and so it's full-screen video when it happened, 
which was kind of cool because I got to watch it. Um, and I studied the video to try to see, you know, what could I do different to keep that from happening again. And there really wasn't anything you could see in the video that I did wrong. So I just was really scared when I came back that, well, I don't know really how that happened. So I don't know what to do to keep it from happening again. Um, so I, it, I had a hard time with confidence my first year coming back um, from that injury. And, I mean, I, I did full-length ballets that year and things like that. Um, so certainly I was still dancing 100%, but mentally it was really, really tough. Um, yeah. But eventually I was able to build that confidence back up. And, you know, you just can't worry about things like that all the time. Respectfully, I, I think that's, um, you know, I think that overcoming that fear to even just get back on stage and to, to think about that so much, you have enough to think about. Right. Uh, with counts and multiple ballets. Were you recently promoted? I was. <laughs> that's just an awful thing. And I, 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 yeah. I just think that's tough. And it's part of what you do and who you are and everybody knows this. I, I mean, I want to blame a partner of yours, even if he wasn't around. I just want to blame him for this. It's terrible. somebody else's fault for sure. <laughs> right. It's totally not her fault. I, I mean, I spoke to um, Jenny Samoji recently about her injury and she had just come back and um, it was a career ending. You know, she could have easily, I think she's like you in the mental space of that. I've put in the time. You know, I could actually go out now. Right. But I'm not going out like this. No. Uh, was that sort of a, a motivation for you? Like, I can't go out. I mean, she fell right on stage and basically went into shock in front of a full audience. Oh, see, yeah, I was so happy that it didn't happen on stage because it would have been like that and it would have been horrible for the audience. It was horrible for the people that were in the room to begin with, and I felt bad about that. Well, everybody's certainly glad that you've come back. And I think part of this podcast, although it's going to evolve naturally, um, I want to have a, a teaching component because, you know, it's amazing to me. If you went to, say, iTunes, and I love Mac and I work on both, you know, in my profession, PCs and Mac. But if you go to iTunes and pull up podcasts, there's a podcast about anything you'd want. You want to learn how to weave a basket? <laughs> I mean, make mashed potatoes, anything, it, it's there, and none about ballet. And I was like, okay, now I'm just offended. And, <laughs> and I had always wanted to do something. You know, I think it's completely, it has its own audience, and I'm hoping that it'll grow, and some of the audience will naturally be students. Now, I don't know if a lot of things went through your head after you were injured or now, you know, at this stage in your career, what you'll transition to do, whether it's to teach or choreograph or, or where you'll go or make mashed potatoes in a weave <laughs> basket. That could be, you know, the Maria Chapman's next step. Uh, but for students who may listen to this and with your experience, is there any advice on any fronts, whether it's injuries or even if it's how to get a higher passe? I think... <laughs> Something that you continually work on that may open a door for a young dancer? I do think confidence is really important. And, you know, as a student, there's a lot of information going in, and you certainly have to listen to your instructors because they're there to help you understand what looks good on you. 
Um, but then you have to take that information and grow from it and infuse it with your own personality and just joy of dancing because, you know, you can think about making your posse higher, but just, like, pulling that me up and jacking it up, that's not the thing. You know, the thing is that, like, fun lift that you can have, you know, and and that has to come almost from within. Sure, the posse is going to go high, and that's, you know, the aesthetic that you want to achieve, but if you have joy in it and you're really having fun dancing and it's fun to lift that posse up so high, then that's way better than just having a high posse. So you got to kind of do that with every step. And, you know, even if your posse doesn't go up as high as somebody else's posse, that joy and that spirit of the posse will make it seem like it's gone up that high because it's just about confidence and joy and having fun dancing. And when people see that, then they see all of your intentions and it flows. Everything has to flow from beginning to end. It's not about all the individual steps. It's just a whole ballet. It's a whole piece that you want to show to people in like one long flow. And um, I think if you flow and have joy in your dancing, then all those other things will fall into place that you've been practicing. Have you thought about the transition now? I hope you dance. I hope you pull a Kira Nichols <laughs> and dance, you know, well into your 40s. I would love that for you if that's what you want. You know, it gets a little iffy when you, you need, maybe you need the go now kind of thing. I think there's some dancers that are, that stay too long, maybe respectfully. But have you thought about transitions and things that you enjoy doing? Is it teaching? Is it choreography? What, what do you see yourself going in post dance days? Um, you know, there are so many things that I would enjoy doing that it's so hard to make a decision. So I think that I'm going to have to make the ultimate decision when I do decide to stop dancing. And um, I think it's kind of nice that there's so many things I'm interested in, and maybe I'll just do a little bit of a lot of things. Um, And I do definitely like uh, coaching younger dancers and trying to help them bring out the inner dancer in them and move from being a student to a performer. Um, But I'm also interested in um, exercise science, which could overlap and help uh, young dancers. Then I'm interested in things like interior design. I love interior design. Um, I get really excited about beautiful furniture. And um, so, you know, it's just, it's hard to know exactly what I'm going to do. Were there mentors to you? I mean, you're talking about coaching and things like that. And I, I know you must have a little bird or a person on your shoulder from the School of American Ballet days, you know, whether it's Toomey and uh, a cane or some <laughs> Russian dancer. Did you have a mentor or somebody that really guides you now in the way you think or approach your work? Well, of course, all of my teachers that I've ever had have influenced me, and I think about them a lot. And, um, and you know, they all have different influences on me, so um, I can kind of draw from their guidance um, for different things. Um, as far as a mentor that I feel like has kind of stood the test of time, 
I really would say Francia Russell because, you know, I did join the company as a young teenager and I certainly wasn't a fully formed ballerina at that point. And so she really helped me and she still, since she still works with us now, she still guides me and really worked with me a lot on Swan Lake this past year. And, you know, those, those kinds of things just, are fabulous. It's so fabulous to have her throughout my entire career um, as a constant mentor, and then of course add in all the other other great people I get to work with. Um, it just really um, expands all of the information that I get, and I get to kind of mix it all together and make decisions based on you know what they all say. But as far as a constant mentor, I would say. Russell. And she was there. I love the photograph of her putting her point shoes on and there's Stravinsky right. and Balanchine in the room. I mean, do you find yourself, you can just pick up the phone and call? Do you do things like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, if I ever have a question about a Balanchine ballet, um, you know, what is, what is it that I'm supposed to be thinking here or feeling or what's my motivation here? I can just email her or call her she is more than happy to share any information that she has with me. Um, I was actually also allowed to stage part of Serenade um, for a ballet school a few years back, and so she worked with me on that, and I talked to her all the time with questions about that, um, and she really gave me tons of information about Serenade, and I was able to pass that on to all the students that I was setting the ballet on, and it turned out to be wonderful. They did a great job and she was happy with it and I was happy with it. And it was just really fun to work with her on that and get even more information from her um, through that process. I should get those photos and put them up on the, the website just to show you the, the courage that you had. <laughs> They're hideous. Your beautiful fa- <laughs> your legs and feet at the end with this broken foot. Oh, I It was know. so sad. It really was. But I think it's a, a real motivational tool and a testament to your courage and mental toughness yeah. to come back and do it. Because I would have cried and <laughs> cried and just, I, you know. Well, I definitely cried a lot. But I also have willpower and I was like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's great. And congratulations on your success. Thank you. And I appreciate you being on episode number one. Yay! If I think we've got legs here. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. This will be cool. And uh, I need your help, too, now. You'll, you'll, okay. You'll have to help me get me in with some of your friends there. Like For sure. Maybe Carla. What's it like to work with her? Is she crazy good or what? She, I love her. She is so <laughs> sweet and her dancing is just magical well maybe you can help me get her on and we'll do her down down the line because because sweet and nice are good and i think we'll talk to tyler and uh have her back on because you know she's on cloud nine and i think people would enjoy that oh yeah she seems to be a wonderful girl yeah it's been great to be with her and uh, merit on your performances out there take a lot of pictures thank you okay yeah i will and uh, we'll talk again soon Sounds good. Thanks, Maria. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Principal dancer Maria Chapman of the Pacific Northwest Ballet. My special thanks go out to her for being the first guest on the Ballet Initiative podcast. We hope you enjoyed 
This discussion with Maria, we plan to do this many more times as we are the first and only at this point podcast dedicated to the art of ballet. You can find us on Twitter. Do a search for Ballet Initiative. You can do the same at Facebook. Until next time, I'm Christian Kutnick. Thank you.